0: You're listening to Live Wild with me, Hilary Rose. This is the podcast that invites you to think and possibly even live outside the box. In this episode, I speak to Maggie Malloy from Cheap Irish Houses. Cheap Irish Houses is an RTE show that takes a look at an often neglected segment of the housing market. Maggie has this lovely infectious energy, which I find really inspiring. She has a no-nonsense, get-things-done attitude and her practical approach to housing may be just what we need at this time. Planners in Ireland don't look
1: favourably on those little cabins but yet they're an affordable way of getting a house. Like if it's 200,000 minimum to put a house on a plot of land, right? Mm. So that's like a a block-built house and it's maybe 25,000, 30,000 for someone to come in and put a cabin on it in three days. And all you have to do is have your foundations put on. Are you telling me that that would not solve something, you know? And we have all these arguments about how, oh, they don't suit the vernacular and they're not an indigenous building type in Ireland. And you're like, you're letting all the vernacular buildings go. You're not even trying to save them. So, like, I would rather see cabins, honestly, that people, that young people could afford Mm. than monstrosities of, like, mock Georgian six-bedroom houses that don't really actually honour our legacy as Irish people they're yep. just kind of very colonial kind of buildings and I just it would be lovely to just see young people I mean get into houses I'm
0: at stage now where I'm like do we do we start trailer parks? We chat about our love of old houses making them fit a modern life nostalgia rural repopulation and doing it all on a budget you can find out more on cheapirishhouses.com or on Insta at cheapirishhouses I hope you enjoy the show. Maggie Malloy from Cheap Irish Houses. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I have to say, firstly, thank you, thank you, thank you for providing the service that you provide, because I have been obsessed with Cheap Irish Houses and Cheap Irish Properties for the last decade. They've been my little pet project. And I was so happy to see, first of all, I found you on Instagram. I was so happy to see your Instagram feed, which then turned into a TV show and multi-platform. Um, thank you because if you didn't do it I would have had to do it at some point so you've taken the burden away from me <laughs> it's nice to know I would have had someone to step in You know, I, I don't think I could have done as a comprehensive job as you have done It's amazing. Congratulations on the TV show and everything. And I think it's really vital work, particularly in housing situations that people find themselves in. So for those who don't know what cheap Irish houses is and don't have a clue what we're talking about, can you fill us in, please? Sure. It started
1: out originally as just a little hobby where I would when I was traveling between my house in Tipperary and where I'm from in Wexford, I would see all these little derelict houses on the way and one year you'd go past and maybe it would have a roof the next year you go past it wouldn't have a roof and the next year there'd be a bungalow Mm. or just a green field so I kind of I'm really invested in that kind of it's really the houses for me kind of more so than anything like I know there's a massive massive you know housing crisis out there but for me it's a very much a kind of a love of vernacular architecture and a love of kind of how Ireland was back in the day that I kind of wanted to, I think, even just document. That was kind of all I wanted was just to document it. And then I kind of ran out of houses as I was driving <laughs> up and down. And I was like, well, like, you know, I'm just doing this as a hobby. I can't really justify just go driving other places to do this. So I thought maybe estate agents might have them and maybe they might even have interior photos because I'm such a goody two shoes like I wasn't climbing over walls and going in in these derelict houses to take Mm. pictures that much so I thought they might have photos and the houses are actually for sale so there might actually be a chance people could actually save them and So that was what I did. It was like a rainy November and I was on my computer when the dinner was cooking and I went on to just a random website and there was a house for about maybe 30,000 and I put it up and all of my 1,000 followers, which wasn't a lot, were like, oh my God, that's actually for sale. Is it actually that cheap? I thought Ireland was one of the worst places to buy property. Mm. And it was from that point where people, I think, genuinely didn't realize there were cheap houses left.
0: Mm. They just hadn't got
1: a clue. Um, and like I'd bought one myself a couple of years beforehand and anytime I mentioned to my cousins in Dublin or anything that I had bought it, they genuinely thought I had found this like white whale of a property and there were no more of them out there and I kept saying and you'll know this yourself you keep saying they are out there I promise I
0: didn't just find the only one but no one believed me (laughs) They're I everywhere. Know, They're music, everywhere yeah. you go. Every yeah. road that you take, it doesn't even have to be necessarily rural. Like in suburban areas, there's a lot of rundown properties as well that need love course, and attention. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I, like, so before you did Cheap Irish Houses, then what's your background? How Like, how did you kind of come to it? Well, I started out life after college as a website designer
1: and I worked at that for, Jeannie, about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I kind of it was getting more tech heavy. And I realized that because I'm quite creative, like my my other option after web design would have been to go to art college. That was kind of what I wanted. I wanted to maybe do art teaching Mm -hmm. or something like that. So it was getting very kind of tech heavy. And I just wasn't really that interested in learning coding and just spending my life at a computer. So I just kind of took the jump. I did my budget and I did my finances and I saved up and I said, look, I'm just leaving. I'm just going to leave. Can I survive for three or four months? Can I start working for myself? and i left and literally a month later the crash happened oh <laughs> it was like it was a oh. disaster but look do you know i was poor and i was making stuff with my hands and i was sewing and i Gorgeous. learned dressmaking and it was just literally the best time of my life and <sighs> during that time like i had been very smart that i got my mortgage before i left work Great. So I got my mortgage when I was 23 and I wow, left that's... my job in IT when I was 27. So like I had the house and I had worked in IT down here <laughs> remotely, Amazing. even mm-hmm. back then. But um, yeah, that was basically I worked in tech and then went on to just kind of working with my hands. And like I said before, that the cheap Irish houses thing was just a hobby. That mm-hmm. was all it was. And I still to this day work as
0: an illustrator. Like this isn't my full time job Wow. At all. It's amazing. So it's like I, I always feel as well, I love following people's natural career progressions and their life progressions, like all that web design and tech stuff really set you up. To start mm. cheap Irish houses, you know what I mean? And then it became such a success on top of that because you obviously had all the, you know, tech, tech spec backgrounds that you could start mm. putting this stuff online and start filming it and then you have your graphics on top of that because it looks yeah. like a lovely polished package that you always present, which I love, you know. It's yeah, very it does appealing. kind
1: of it does kind of come down to... You're totally right. Having the background in web design, and then going from being like like I my transition wasn't as clean. Like it wasn't just like one day I decided I was going to you know be someone who made dresses or something and then left. It wasn't like that. Like I like I said, I left at the beginning of the recession the last time. Mm-hmm. I had no work. No one was spending any money, yeah. and I struggled for a really long time. And actually ended up going back into doing graphic design. Because I was like, look, I know how to do this. I know I can make money out of this. Great. It's still not coding. Yeah. So I, I this is a kind of a happy medium. And then I did that for a couple of months, and I was on great money. And I was like, I always say to people, I was like the dad out with the Beethoven movies when we were younger. <laughs> I was like head in a computer going around like i was like literally holidays i was working anytime like my brother yeah. lived with me and he was like i haven't seen your face in three days
0: and it's awful isn't it yeah like, you i mean, know it's I kind fine of, for, it to, for a short period of time but then you just have to walk away from it i think yeah
1: you do and i kind of felt like i fell back into that because it was a, kind of this safe place for me because i knew i could make money mm. and then someone just randomly said to me i mean i was easily 30 by this stage and someone happened to say to me I'd like a graphic on a logo Um, I couldn't find one and they said would you consider trying to draw it and I was like sure I'll give it a go mm-hmm. and that literally went from that graphic to me then stopping graphic design and doing illustration full-time wow. because it kind of came on and on and on it's mad like so now you end up doing something that is very tactile and hands-on mm-hmm. but you still get the money you got from the tech side which is it's kind of a good balance but it was a long long mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Lots of trial and error to really find Mm. that balance as well. I mean, that's kind of like it's the same for me like if I'm on set as an actor like a really heavy intensive hours I've got small kids young family so it's really not conducive to family life yeah so I had to kind of like pull back use all my skills you know you know in front of camera and all these things and then I was like oh but I'm really interested in the podcast and talking to people and their like their alternative lives and their journeys and how we can all think outside the box a little bit and not be stuck in kind of the rat races you know um which is kind of what we're programmed to do a little bit, I always yeah. feel, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, coming back to cheap Irish houses, right, like where did the inspiration come from? I know you say you saw loads of houses, but was it primarily kind of, I suppose, your own home as well? Was that the starting point of kind of, I've done this so everybody, yeah. you know, other people can do it? I mean,
1: it definitely was the inspiration behind trying to find houses that were for sale, Because like I said to you, people just didn't genuinely didn't believe me that the houses were out there. They Mm. just didn't understand. And I think that was a really, really big thing because I kind of felt like people thought that I was really lucky. (laughs) I I, I totally get it. I was like this is literally it was such a struggle and I literally moved into a house with no front door and a a generator in the back and you're like that's not luck that's hard work no it's not and it's it's tough and it's still tough even to this day it's still tough and people honestly thought that I had just kind of hit the jackpot with it. And I was like, no, but this is I've made it into this now. It wasn't yes. like this when I came here. And I think people needed to see that, that look, there are places out there, to be fair, that are even a lot better than mine. Like I bought mine probably this maybe 2004, mm-hmm. 23, 2004. Yeah, um, so like Everything was on the rise, yeah. but like the mortgages hadn't risen to the point that they were throwing money at me either. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I got mortgage approval for hundred and ten thousand, and I lived in Wexford, like half an hour outside Gory, is where I'm from. Mm. You couldn't buy a field for hundred ten thousand. You yeah. just couldn't, you know. Yeah. And I think people genuinely thought that I was really lucky, and that I had found the one house in Ireland that you could possibly live in that was under a hundred thousand. And it wasn't the case. And I kind of just wanted to show people, first of all, that they existed. Mm -hmm. And second of all, that you could come into one and not massacre it and spend up to 300,000 doing it up. And like you honestly might as well build a house at that stage. Yeah. If you're doing that and you're taking every bit of character and every bit of history and tradition out of the house that like i literally cry when i see that i just i can't it's a terrible terrible thing it's like
0: sacrilege yeah (laughs) you know i agree because like i mean i i've been in a similar position to you i had to buy really really cheap at the start now we bought in 2013 so it was like after the crash Mm. um and it was kind of um it was a bit of an upswing but like we and uh, always old houses as well rescues that like some of them didn't have back doors like yours didn't have front doors you know partial roof hole in the wall all that kind of stuff and i think people are really off put by that because they say first off i can't afford to do it second off i don't have the know-how to do it but really there's a uh, pinterest and youtube (laughs) Is where you get the know how. That's how yeah, I that's yeah. how I like ripped out. I ripped out our first house with my bare hands. I knocked walls. I took plaster mm-hmm. off the walls. You know, I took up the floorboards and the stuff you find is unbelievable <laughs> as well. Like I found in the first house we bought, I found newspapers from 19, 1916. Wow. And I still have them. Wow. They're 1916 wow. and it was an army, an old army barricade ha- or army barracks house. So there would have been cadets living in the house. So the history in those wow. houses wow. are, I think, so special as well. So when you talk about going in and not obliterating the history, I agree. I think there's so much to be had with restoring an old house. But then there's the fine balance of r- restoring the old house, but also making it conducive to modern living. Yeah. And there is a balance to be had in that, I think, because it's all well and good having like an amazing old house with old fireplaces. But then like there's a draft coming in mm-hmm. and there's wind, you know, there's a, so yeah. it's like, what would be your thing about finding the balance between the two that, that, mar- that, that kind of marries together the old and the new so that you can live comfortably, but w- within an old structure? I think, I mean, I, what I notice with people is, <laughs> it's so
1: funny, having less money almost makes you restore a house more sympathetically because you can't just come in and do absolutely everything that your architect advises you to do. To be honest, you mightn't even have an architect. So you're coming in and you're living in it yourself and you're doing this stuff. I honestly think that, like, for me, I hate seeing hearths pulled out of these houses. I hate Mm. seeing the chimney knocked down. Now, I understand that there are some houses are very, very small. And I understand, you know, open fires aren't the big thing that they were years ago. Most people don't even use them anymore, which is totally fine. And I get the the need for sustainability and just, you know, not this dependence on fossil fuels. I totally understand that. Mm. But even just as a cosmetic thing just even sealing up the top of the hearth so that it's like not even open to the elements, but you just keep it intact mm. and you even just put a couch into it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I just, yeah. Especially if it's a really big one like I have here. I mean, my rooms, my house is probably 20 foot deep and the hearth wow. goes from one wall to the other. It's this <gasps> massive stone arch and it was in behind a wall when I came here and only my dad had seen this little arch on the plaster and he said I bet you there's a hearth in behind that still
0: Oh, and we literally amazing. like you bare hands pulled it out <laughs> yeah. I love that it's like a little f- it's like it. following a little golden thread in an old house isn't yeah. it and you're like it you totally are- Now, the only uh, downside is when you start unraveling an old house like the whole thing <laughs> will just go <laughs> you know what I mean you're like oh there's a hole yeah. there I didn't know was okay yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but like you said with hearths as well you know it gives actually hearts but rather than blanking them it gives you extra space you can either yeah. put like you know I know like you said sustainability but you can put the wood burning stove in there for mm-hmm. effect you can stick a couch in there you can put a little seated area mm-hmm. there's so much to be had with the old features you know it's your little it could be your little mini office yeah um, yeah there's loads I mean of I had
1: mine when I came here first because obviously there was nothing in it and I started out the first I'd say 10 years I was here I had a Rayburn in it because that was the dream <laughs> yeah and I had this big plan of like you know a Rayburn sitting in it and then like I'd do presses either side but it turned out that the kitchen the room had the stairs and all in it and it was there just wasn't enough wall space to fit a functioning kitchen in it mm. so we ended up moving it to kind of the good room because the good room had good decent walls on it yeah. and now we have a wood burning stove in it and it's perfect Gorgeous. you know and it heats the whole house and it's just I think some people will come in and they'll get houses like this and they will have lots of money and they will have lots of advice mm. professional advice that is kind of not necessarily the most educated when it comes to vernacular buildings so like i understand that like engineers surveyors architects are all fantastically qualified at what they do but a lot of the time they're trained with newer building techniques
0: mm. and
1: you end up Getting ill-advised almost by accident, and there's no badness in it. It's just it just happens, mm. and you get a lot of this. Oh, be cheaper to knock that down than to keep and You get that a lot. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I've
0: had that in so many houses. You should just knock that wall. It's cheaper. Oh, like my like, God, no, I can't. Like, yeah, I there's can't. nothing
1: that that can't be saved, or yeah, you know, how could a girl like you move into somewhere like this? Yeah, I've <laughs> <laughs> oh, heard it all. I've heard it all. It's like. The the queelche forestry, that'll kill you. The the knotweed, that'll kill you. Oh, knotweed. Everything is like... Yeah,
0: yeah. Let alone a woman, a woman
1: living in rural Ireland on her own. Heaven forbid, you're just going to get murdered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You'd get a good podcast out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so true. There's so much like, like... And that's interesting about even rural living as well. Have you come across... Um, I suppose on your travels during Cheap Irish Houses and different people that you've met people who maybe have relocated out of the cities and out of the urban areas looking for a bit more space but were really reluctant to move into rural areas and subsequently have found themselves absolutely loving it Um, really settling into a community that they didn't feel they'd settle into have you have you come across that much yeah I found that right so
1: people I think as soon as they think you're outside of a speed limit they think that they are completely isolated Mm. and I think it's only when you bring people to look at houses and you go right look you cannot physically see your neighbor's house but your neighbor is a couple of hundred meters down the road around the bend Mm. you're shop and your church and your community center and your sports field and all are just across the way and there's actually I feel like in rural places there's more of an effort to kind of bring community in I feel like I mean the people who live on my road it's so funny I've been asked so many times as well about meeting people my own age and all down here and the mm. thing about it is like there are very few people in my local area that are my age but yet the, the group of friends that we have are they range from 90 to maybe their 50s and then obviously people younger than us that are only just moving in and it's it's more of a a broader range of ages but it's everyone understands that everybody's quite vulnerable and you know that especially when when there's someone on their own Mm. you know the person is on their own and you check on them and you Mm. make sure like if it snows or something that there's always somebody around to make sure everybody's okay that's good. you know so I think I think you kind of you it's a different type of community like I mm. would feel a lot more alone sometimes in Dublin when I go oh, up yeah. because I feel like you could literally something could happen to you
0: and people will walk past whereas here oh, they'd step over you on the street if you fell <laughs> if on the street would. in Dublin you'd be, stick, be like oh well she's obviously Langers so like we just step <laughs> over her you know what I mean? exactly no I agree. but I mean and you know I've had great people help me in Dublin over the years but on the majority
1: there you people tend to kind of just look at their shoes when they're going places they keep to themselves a lot more Mm. and I feel like I think people then can move out somewhere like Dublin and genuinely think that they're going to move into an isolated area where they're going to have no support and it's the complete
0: opposite (laughs) to be fair brilliant and i think as well when you talk about the age range of people that are within your own community it's so much more interesting that's what Mm. i find i like i you know i live in a in a community i mean it's quite a mixed community of young and old i find myself hanging out with the older generation a lot more i Just, I don't want to be disrespectful to my neighbours my age, but I find the older generation really, really interesting. Yeah. You know, they've been there and they've done that. So why would we not listen to them, you know? Um, So I think, like, turnkey homes are obviously amazing. There's a lot to be said for them where you literally... Get your piece of paper. Get your keys. Walk in the door. Drop your bags, and and you're home. You're living there rather than having to do this big physical renovation, or have to think like, how am I going to do this, and it's going to take five years to do this, or you mightn't have the physical capacity to rip stuff out like you and I were able to do, or you've got small kids or whatever it might be. What's the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome in your own like home transformation, and what are, like have you witnessed other people's challenges along the way in the show where they've had to walk in and go? How am I going to do this, (laughs) you know, like, are there any major challenges that come to mind when you think of transforming your own home?
1: I think the biggest thing we've had trouble with in the house has been honestly the stuff that we couldn't do ourselves Mm. because like we can do a lot ourselves. And like there's things where we wouldn't be brilliant at it, but I am okay with a lesser finish and stuff. So like I get that, like my walls are wonky and I if I if we need to do something like patch up a wall. I would much rather we did it, and it looked kind of, and we kind of just flattened it out as best we could, or we brushed it so it had a lovely kind of a worn kind yeah. of a feel to it. I like that kind of stuff, and I think it fits in better in our house. What I struggle with is when there's stuff that you can't do yourself. So when you need wiring, oh, you need I was gonna say electric. Now my big husband's <laughs> my husband's a plumber. He well he was a plumber before he before like the crash, and so he has like a vast knowledge of that, and would have worked for a company where. It was a building company where, you know, everyone kind of had to muck in and do everything. So he has a, he's quite handy, which is great. But like wiring is one, we don't go near. And like even things like stuff to do with your septic and stuff like that. You know, you, I find that in rural areas, it can be quite difficult to get people out to do the work. So Mm. like I got, uh, I think maybe three years ago I got my fitted kitchen I was in the house about 15 years now I had a kitchen and it was lovely Um, and it was like my dresser on my table and I had the Rayburn which I was cooked everything on I was just in heaven but um, we we ended up getting a fitted kitchen and I had a hob and really the hob was the only thing that we kind of struggled with um, and i could not get an electrician out to wire our hob because it wasn't a full rewire of the house and they had no interest whatsoever in no coming out way. so like to this day i know when we designed the kitchen we had a little touring gas hob that we, we had for when it snowed because we lose electricity quite a lot here mm-hmm. in the winter because we get snowed in so we had the little touring gas hob and then a nice big Shiny glass hob that still does not work and it's sitting in the worktop. Now, that's something I think tradespeople not coming out because the things you want to do either don't make them enough profit mm. or they kind of see it as just being kind of a, a bit of a nixer as opposed to you know just a being a job. proper job. Yeah, yeah, and I find that like when you're DIYing. I feel like that's quite difficult because there is a huge amount of stuff you can handle yourself and the little bits that are left over are almost not worth somebody's while coming out to do yeah whereas if you had a construction company coming in and you're gutting the whole place you've got the electrician comes in and the plumber comes in and, yeah, and like, they'll rack that you know, up on the bill as well which yeah, is which is yeah. what's
0: attractive to them like you said it's the small jobs they have no interest and in, it's too no much manpower interest, yeah. yeah and i think
1: that's it. it's almost like when you're too functional and then you there's just maybe one or two jobs you can't do and it's just it's just really hard to get people in to do work on a house when they're not doing the whole house yeah you know yeah which is a pity
0: i agree with you and for any of the listeners out there i've done a couple of houses maggie's obviously um like prolific when it comes to houses and the know-how of it don't ever touch the electrics yourself. No, just, oh, no, no. It's never, the one no. thing I just—it's yeah. terrifying, particularly in old houses. Whew, the electrics. I only ripped out a pantry only recently, and uh, I was really lucky. Had a great builder, and uh, he pulled through a wire, and he was like, he got an electric shock off it. I went, oh my god, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, but he held it up to me. Mice had eaten it. So, like if he hadn't pulled it through and found it, that's a fire waiting to happen, you know? Yeah, so I was yeah. like, thank God that he did that, you know? I'm not I'm not happy he got electric shock off of it, but <laughs> 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 but it did save a house fire. Um what is your top tip for people who are willing to make a go of cheap Irish houses? And what are like what is the stuff you kind of see on cycle? What's your top tip? But also what are the pitfalls that you see people kind of doing repeatedly? I think I mean my top tip and it's to
1: get them it, it, it's like so many fold because it keeps your mortgage lower mm. it just makes that your house price lower because of the house
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a social media snippet right there <laughs> <laughs> I can never wear earbuds I can't they don't either they fit in my, fall out they don't fit it in my ears
1: that's why I've a got very these strangely
0: big... shaped ear I'm the same. That's why I've got these big clunky things on. They never fit in my ears. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> I to make sure.
1: Okay. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, okay. So i started start that again. Okay. What was the question so I asked you? Oh, the top tips and It was about the top tip. Yep. Yeah. So like my top tip is if you can kind of condition yourself when you're buying a house, when you're browsing houses, you're getting your mortgage and all, done you could have maybe a year or two maybe more when you're saving for your deposit you have a big massive chunk of time there right mm. you have to get your head around the idea of living in a house like this without fully doing it up on day one mm. I feel like this is the biggest tip I can give anybody if you can, even like you were saying before about Pinterest if you can go on Pinterest and instead of looking up you know, show homes in California or like selling sunset stuff, right? What you need to do is you need to go on Pinterest and look up like rustic villas in maybe Italy or France and places where they things like stone floors are embraced, kind Mm. of whitewashed walls are embraced. It's like if you can get your head around looking at this stuff as being beautiful and being stylish because it can be quite stylish. Some of the most amazing houses I've ever seen in interiors magazines have been old houses that people left the character in. Yeah. And I think if you can get your head around that and you can train yourself to see these houses as beautiful as they are, when you come into it, instead of you spending maybe fifty to a hundred thousand doing it up, you could spend five thousand. And yeah. I mean, I have real life experience of this. Yeah. I didn't spend a lot on my place. Now, I know my place isn't finished, but I film in renovations for the show. And I went into a house a couple of weeks ago, which is going to be on season three. And the girl had bought the house. Now, granted, the house was up in maybe it was in like the commuter belt of Dublin. So the house itself was expensive. But Mm. we're not even going to think about that because houses are the same everywhere. Right. Mm. So this was a little semi-detached cottage and it was kind of in a little kind of a speed limit of a town. So you'd see kind of two little bungalows stuck together and then there's driveways and then another two bungalows Mm. and it had been owned by this little old lady. And the girl had bought the house, and when she moved into it, she said it was kind of just, you know, granny carpets and brown built-ins, and it was a bit tacky and a bit retro, but not in a good way. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She came into it, and I swear when we walked into this house, it was like something out of an interiors magazine. It was the most amazing house I'd ever seen. And I asked her how much she spent in it, and she said I think maybe five thousand euros It's like wow what? and i'm there with the guys on the crew going i told you this could be done and they wow. don't
0: believe me what kind of stuff was she using was it salvaged furniture you know, literally like stripping all back? she
1: did right so the majority of what she did in the house was she emptied it of yeah. everything that the like kind of the tiki tacky stuff yeah um the left old fireplace stuff like yeah. Yeah. yeah so she left like her there was a cast iron fireplace in it she left it in it She pulled up carpets and stuff like that, but she literally painted the place. I'm not joking. Yeah, the kitchen was white. She painted the sitting room like a navy and she had like gold, real opulent gold fittings. Mm. I'll tell you what she bought. She bought like four units of a fitted kitchen and a worktop. So she had this little mini kitchen in the back kitchen, Mm. which was amazing. It was white. It was polished. She had a lovely marble counter. She had this tiny little kitchen that was her dream. But the whole rest of the kitchen was just painted white. Wow. She had and she bought her couch for her sitting room, a velvet couch for her sitting room. And other than that, it was paint and stuff she had gathered up over the years. Yeah. Like, so she had like her. Oh, this mirror was my granny's and this kitchen table was my granny's or my mammy's. And it was just like the stuff she had in it was kind of very vintage, but it was Irish vintage. Like it wasn't yeah. like she was there kind of buying antiques off of the continent anything, <laughs> bringing them back. It was just real humble. Irish stuff that you see in every single house like this and she had done the whole thing like she had a quite unfortunate looking wet room in the back you know when a house has been lived in by someone old and they've all the handles and yeah you know like that yes, and it was kind of yeah. a kind of a fairly unfortunate looking tile color mm. and we went into it and I was like what did you do with the bathroom and she goes oh, I just dressed it differently <laughs> and you could see it was like kind of plants and gold stuff and oh my it was amazing it was the most amazing house and she spent nothing on it and I was so proud of her because I was like this is what people need to do if people could see what she did Mm. that's what you kind of need in a magazine you need someone seeing that and that's like five grand she spent maybe six grand altogether she spent or something was just like This is like, this is what I'm saying to people. And it's very hard for me because my house was fully derelict. Wow. And it kind of even now wouldn't be kind of interiors magazine. quality. I wouldn't even dream of putting it on anything like that. But hers was like hers. Wow. She came into it. It was perfectly habitable. She had good wiring. She had good plumbing. She had main services. Mm. She had an acre of land out the back. She had loads of outbuildings. And all she did was redecorate the house and anyone else would have come in and just gutted that place. And I said to her, so like, obviously when it comes to the money you're spending on it, you obviously have an insulated place because insulation is quite expensive and just Mm. kind of upgrading it like that. And she said, do you know what? I'm doing that next year. It's fine. And that was it. Whereas Whereas the engineer on the show was very like, well, you know, you should have insulation and you should have this. And she was like, I'm fine for a year. I need to see how warm this house is. Yeah, and what it costs me. Yeah, and then I'll go from there. Yeah, and I was just like, this girl. <laughs> it was just like, that's what I would recommend. Yeah, try and make yourself. See some sort of like gain some sort of appreciation of these houses as they are and kind of look at makeovers. Go on Pinterest, look at makeovers of these mm. places and see cheap makeovers where really all they're doing is putting kind of a new paint color or they're dressing it really well. Because Pinterest is great, like that. Pinterest will call something a makeover and it will literally be they spent two or three thousand euro buying interior products yeah. from a home store. And you take them out in the room didn't... is the
0: exact same. Very same, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's what I would say would be just try and get an appreciation for the houses and try to not do too much. Just you don't need, and that's not even about saving character. Mm. It's even in a little kind of tiki tacky bungalow that doesn't have character anyway. But just you like I, I had a girls on the show in the first season and they came out of a house that was perfectly habitable. It had single glazed wooden windows and they came out to Kieran and they said, "Right, love the house. So, how much is it to get this house up to spec?" And Kieran was like, well, what do you mean by up to spec? Like, what do you think that means? And you I hear that a lot. And you realize that people think that the houses are not habitable. They think there's something wrong with them and they need to spend a lot of money to get them up to spec. And really
0: it's so relative to what you want to live in, what you're used to living in. Yeah, I mean, up to spec for me means the roof is on, it's not leaking, the electrics Mm -hmm. are done, there's a key in the front door that's working, and the water is switched on. Mm. That's up to spec for me because, like yep. you said, everything else can be dressed in in due course.
1: Absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah. Getting heat, anything, just keeping yourself heat. warm, exactly. keeping your family safe, keeping your family warm. That's the, like fed, watered. That's literally that's huge. it. Like, that's yeah. it. Everything else is a bonus, and I think mm. even people like I even say to young people. If the place you are looking at is an improvement on the place you're renting at the moment, mm. you need to not write it off your list because people come from really bad rentals where they don't even have heat and they don't have insulation. They might be sharing a bedroom, but then they come to buy a house and they're like, "Well, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this and I want it all within a mile and a half of my parents' house." And you're like, yeah. "There are not." Yeah. So you have to kind of be realistic, I think, a little bit as well and go, look, if I'm, I've am i managed living in this rental for the last 10 years and it's been a bit crap, but I've done it. If I could just improve my quality of life and I'm on the property ladder and
0: this house will be worth money. And it's yours. Forward, More importantly, the house is yeah. theirs, you know, it's like mm. that's I think that's the most tangible thing that you can have is that like. You don't have this constant threat of like, oh, will the rent go up or, you know, am I going to be booted out at the end of the year or whatever it is? And like like you say, like you know, all the work can be done incrementally, like the work that we've done in different houses. We've done it over a period of four or five years. The current house I'm in, like I'm in four years, but like this is going to be a lifetime's work for this house, you know, and and we could have come in and went oh let's blitz it and tear everything out and start fresh but it's like no you have i feel like for me i have to live in it definitely see how it works see what Mm. rooms function well and as your family grow if you do have a family or whatever your situation is situations change rooms change for different things like everybody went to work from home well most people went to work from home in the last couple of years, which really snookered anyone who had made open plan houses, you know, (laughs) because they they were like, oh, God, let's get a builder in and get a wall up because I need an office now, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So it's interesting that it will like the house will change shape as your life changes shape as well, I think.
1: And I think that's another thing, that open plan thing that you mentioned. I think people as well assume in this like up to spec mentality, they assume that everybody wants open plan, you know, mm. that everyone wants that. And I had a house hunter looking at a house last week and the, the engineer, the instinct was, look, we need to knock a wall down. We need to get these two rooms linked in together. And the girl was like, no. I'm buying an old farmhouse because I want traditional rooms I want a sitting room and I want a kitchen and maybe a playroom for the kids but I want like if I'm connecting anything to the kitchen it's going to be a playroom Mm. so I can keep an eye on the kids you know Mm. it's not and I think people very much think that it's I suppose it's not okay to like these houses and it's not okay to like the the way these houses are laid out because they're just conditioned to think that that's the case Mm. I think young people almost need to be given permission to go publicly, I like a house like this. And I think that's something I've done with people where people go, oh, I kind of agree with her. I kind of like these old houses. And it's almost people who would have never said it out loud.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, it's like I like my granny's house. I'd love to live in a house like my granny's house. I see young people say that a lot. This reminds me of granny's house and I love granny's house. I'd love to live there. And I think it just gives them a permission to be okay with living in a house like this. Whereas up until now. It was just like we. Myself and you were like kind of. Oh we got a house like this. But we're not talking to yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The shame on yeah. the family. <laughs> I know yeah. Or even. Excuse me. When you go to talk about open plan. Like the first house that we got. Tiny little. Two up two down. Terraced house. And we were like. Oh we're open plan. The whole thing. It was the biggest waste. Really? Open planning that house was a waste. Because. Uh, all of a sudden, I just felt like there was instead of having two rooms, which would have been a sitting room and another study room or dining room or whatever it was, we did put a little kitchen extension at the back. All of a sudden, there was this one big walkway and all, everything just got dumped oh in this room. because there was nowhere to put stuff because we were minus two walls now and when you minus these two walls you're minusing the furniture that goes against these walls which gives you the storage I was like I would never do open plan again I really wouldn't not in that sense it's it's funny I think everyone just assumes everyone loves it and
1: I think Mm. that's a kind of maybe an architect thing and like a builders like modern builders where I think they have their ways that they've been trained to do stuff and they're not I almost wish more creative people went into architecture.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree.
1: I would love that because I like, I think I saw a show one time years ago, I think it would have been Grand Designs or something. And Kevin McLeod was saying, they were talking about architects and they were like, oh, the architect told me I need to get rid of this feature because um it just doesn't suit the plan he's had. And Kevin MacLeod, I think it was said, look, a good architect will find a solution Mm. to the problem you have. Mm. You know, it's not like you can't, you don't just go rip it out. Mm. Like, I just wish that like, it was just more creative than stick a glass box on it. Or maybe, oh, let's, let's make a difference between the old and the new. So we have the old building and then we have this Hideodorous modern thing stuck onto it, and you're like, I like vernacular stuff, but I would like my extension maybe to have a corrugated iron roof. I, I would love like it. That. Yeah, yeah, I, I think why can't they just make a little bit of a nod to the vernacular? Like, mm. let's let's not just make it look like, well, this is an old bit and this two story
0: tower thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just think that's so unfortunate. And talking. also
0: when you're renovating you're talking about using these old tin roofs and stuff there's a lot of reclamation that can happen which is a way cheaper like yeah. I mean obviously it's better for the environment cuz it's sustainability reusing old materials but it's way cheaper and I think it looks way cooler as well. Yeah, um totally. We had we had we did a renovation recently it was an office and the the old roof of it was one of those tin roofs so we sh- we we saved all the galvanized roofing off it and then faced mm. the whole building with it. So oh, it cool. just looks really, really cool. That sounds really cool. Yeah, yeah. it was deadly. Yeah. It was, that was my husband's idea. I think or was it was his friend's idea. Anyway, it's one of them. <laughs> but it was I cool. almost find like that type of reclamation
1: still isn't trendy enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's like they want you to go into salvage yards and buying granite and buying flagstones and buying old iron gates but like this type of reclamation our generation does hasn't become trendy enough yet like and i just feel like it's because of that a lot of this stuff is getting wasted like it's really really getting wasted yeah because there's not like that older generation where it was actually a sign of affluence to have granite reclaimed granite and stuff like that in your house with us It's like, I think that's stuff that I like, which is like the corrugated iron and stuff like that. And even like sash windows, like I would pull, I've had people doing up houses where I'll be called in to get stuff out of it before they gut the place. And no matter how much I disagree with what they're doing, I also don't want the stuff going to landfill. I'm very passionate about that. I'm like, someone will use this. Someone will use this somewhere. And my husband is like, will you stop? (laughs) Yeah,
0: because it's going to be a yard full of stuff before you're done. But I agree. Like, I just can't leave it. I just can't, you know? Yeah, I'm the same. I have stuff. I have furniture from my parents. There's a, oh, we can't see it, but there's a lamp next to me. My parents wanted rid of it. None of my siblings wanted it. I've had it for years. It's a beautiful hand-carved um, wooden lamp that was a wedding gift to my parents. And I was like, wow. you can't part with that. You couldn't. <laughs> so my house is full of cobbled together bits but I furnished my house that way and yeah. I furnished it through um um charity stores mm-hmm. as well like a chest of drawers you'd be hard pushed to find a chest of drawers anywhere but I have three chests of drawers that I'd say I spent probably 30 quid each on them mm. you know so there's there like you said like that girl who dressed her house for whatever five or six grand there are yeah. ways of doing it you don't yeah. have to get brand new stuff you know
1: yeah I think you almost need they just I think people just need to see examples it's like before my Instagram feed I think people just were like they didn't know and they didn't talk about it publicly that people Mm. could actually do this with these houses and I think it's just we're just trying to get it into kind of regular conversation and kind of into just it's like the normal narrative in Ireland that these houses are saved and that they're look honestly I would rather see them being lived in and not necessarily renovated sympathetically then then fall into the ground and going back to the grass because that's all was happening to them yeah before that you know it's like baby steps
0: you know absolutely and I think you touched on something earlier which is really important and I wonder is this the psychology behind it is it to do with perceived affluence as as opposed to perceived poverty you know what I mean Mm. so like Mm. It does it does it um i'm thinking on on the fly here but like is it more to have a new build or a brand new house with a brand new kitchen and brand new everything that's going to cost a lot of money people are going to know that so there's a perceived affluence there even though they might be massively in debt by the end yeah, of it yeah, yeah as opposed to like you know, there's a difference between wanting to salvage something because you think it looks beautiful or like needing to salvage it because it's not quite in your budget, you know, and and, and either way works. Either way is, you know, is, is I, I think is is the way forward anyway, certainly. No, I totally agree. And some people that do it well, even if they do it from a place of, I suppose,
1: poverty mm-hmm. you like which is what I would have done originally yeah. to be fair I really love it as well though I do I really love it so I don't. I can't say that I'm like oh I just made myself by second hand I just I'm just the way I was brought up I, I love it my mother yeah. just it despairs with me <laughs> <laughs> but I love it I think yeah but do you know what's going to happen right here's so what's going to happen having a house at all is going to be a sign of influence in a while oh. and I think that people um, people are going to have these smaller houses and these like houses they've had to renovate and that in itself is going to make you look like you have money because Mm -hmm. there's going to be so many people that don't have houses at all and are renting their whole lives and I think people are realizing that that like, whereas before, like you said, the new builds were Mm. oh look that person has money and they're driving around in their 2022 jeep and all this and the wife has one and the husband has one and all the kids have them fantastic but then you've got you get to a stage where it's having a house at all makes you look like you're well off because like so many people say it to me and they're like oh you bought that when you were 23 you must have had a great job you must have had this you must have had that and to be honest i just literally bought the First house that they accepted an offer on. Mm. And I had a very small budget and I roughed it. But now people look at me and think, God, that's a fantastic house you have. Yeah, you know, you must be so wealthy and you Mm. must have done a great job. And it's it's totally not that. But it's getting to that stage where people just see you owning a house or heaven forbid, like you where you've had houses and renovated them and passed, you know, kind of sold them and went Mm. on to new houses. They look at that as a sign of
0: affluence.
1: And it's like crazy, it's, isn't it? It's
0: madness. <laughs> and, uh, and that's an interesting point, actually, because I think when people like, again, the mindset is when you're starting out and you're young or, or not necessarily young, but going for your first house, that you must get a mortgage. OK, and that mm-hmm. is probably 70 percent of the time true. But like when we started out, there was no way in hell that we would have gotten a mortgage, like no way. <laughs> But we cobbled together some savings we got I was lucky got a loan from like a small loan from my parents which we were paid to them as a mortgage actually mm. um, and we got a credit union loan and we cobbled that all together. And yeah. so we had no mortgage on our first house. And that was the only way that we were able to purchase. Like, are there other ways that you can think of that don't necessarily mean people have to go for mortgages? Or does that mean as well, like thinking outside of bricks and mortar? Are there other types of homes that people can start on and start, start looking towards? It's a good question. It's a good question. I think... One of the things I want people to open up their minds
1: to is, look, if you have a massive deposit, and at the moment deposits are huge, yeah. if you have a massive deposit, like my deposit was 10,000 and like that to me was the most amazingly large amount of money I've it, ever it, had. Yeah. Any. And to be fair, even when I got mine, like I was like you, I was cobbled together. Mm. I think back then they didn't check credit unions, you know, so like I had my credit union loan, like my parents couldn't afford to give me money, but my parents borrowed and I paid them back. Like it was still yeah, yeah. the combination of my mortgage, my payment to the credit union and my the payment on my parents one mm. to get that ten grand together was still less than my rent so I was yeah. like and also I'm so sensible that they knew 100% that I would pay it back to absolutely. them absolutely but yeah. like I, we were just like our family are very like that we're like right how can we do this there yeah. has to be a way to do this and we figured it out and like it just it was done and it was fine but I would have like if I had had to have saved that up over years, like I never had that amount of spare money. There's mm. no way I'd still be bloody safe for my yeah. deposit at that. Rate. But then also, I and I didn't get it as a gift either. It was just like me risking, my parents risking, and everyone just kind of going, "Look, we all trust each other. We all know that she's going to pay this back, whatever happens." Mm-hmm. And like that's what we did. But like I see people nowadays and they forty and fifty thousand in deposits, and I'm like, would you not sit down and think about maybe whether you could? move to another county where a house is that price yes. and like yes okay you have to figure out whether you can do that and it doesn't suit everybody mm. but the thing people forget is that the day you buy your house or the day you get your mortgage or whatever you don't stop earning money mm. so all of that money that you've been saving for the last five years you still have that coming in because yes. they they go well like i could buy that house for forty thousand. But how am I going to do it up? How am I going to have any money? Because the bank won't give me any money. Or yeah. But the thing is, like you're maybe saving a grand a month for the last five years. Yeah. And I can guarantee you a thousand euro a month
0: going into any house makes a massive difference. It's huge. And also, huge. If, it's, if it's really basically habitable, you mm-hmm. get the mortgage, you get into the house, you're saving a grand a month. You're probably going to save another grand a month by letting go of a rental that you were on. Of course, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like, <clears throat> excuse it's me, massive because if you buy it for
1: cash, if you buy it for 40,000 mm-hmm. cash, you have zero payment, no payment to anybody, you still have your thousand that you were saving or whatever amount of money you were saving. Mm-hmm. And like to me, a thousand euro a month left over to put into a house is getting someone in to do work you wouldn't how would you spend a thousand euro on materials and also work a job and have the time to do the work that like I know nowadays you're good because materials have gone up but like honestly if you were putting away a thousand a month and that's just you Mm. then you've your partner if you're with someone else Mm -hmm. and you're working and you're still earning and there's still bonuses and you still have different kind of things in your life that come and go and you can sell stuff and you know and yep. you don't need all the trophies you definitely don't when you move into a no, new no, house no. you can kind of get rid of a lot of the stuff that was keeping you occupied because you were maybe in an apartment or something and you you know because when you're out in the countryside as well and you've space it's cheaper to entertain yourself yeah it <laughs> is you can like oh i go out in the garden yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it is you know i go, go to the, the shed meals. and i'll yeah. build
0: something you know or i'll diy or something it's a lot cheaper It is because if you're in an apartment, you're kind of like, well, I got to get out of here. So I got to have a meal or the cinema or whatever it might be, or I might go visit somebody. So I actually agree. Like, I'm happy. I'm a little a little patch of land being crazy on my own. Like, I'm very happy (laughs) doing that. I think a lot of people are, though. Mm. A lot
1: of people genuinely are happy with that. And I think some people don't really realize it until they get out and they realize, well, look, I don't need to drive for a half an hour. Um, to go for a hike I can just go for a walk near my house because I actually live in a really beautiful area now yeah you know I think yeah and like that like meals and stuff like that you tend to then when you live away that your your free time is spent with like catching up with your family and visiting people at home and things like lovely. that and it's it's mm. it's free <laughs>
0: Yeah (laughs) Yeah And as well I think Like obviously there's You know people are More conscious that they can Work from home Work remotely these days as well So it frees Mm. people up In a sense Um, Have you looked into Like outside of Bricks and mortar Like um, Not the usual Traditional renovation But I suppose, like, I mean, a friend of mine lives in a yurt on, a, on land, which I think is absolutely incredible. And they raise their young family on that. Is that something that you've looked into as well? Alternative modes of living that way? Like, I've looked into it in the way that
1: it gets shot down constantly okay. by planners. And that is something that I just, I'm, it's, it just irks me, Do you know, like. I've had so many people over the years that I've known that have passed in and out of my life that have either rented cabins, even lived in those little cabins that people all have in their gardens and kind of no one really talks about, but yeah, they're yeah. all there. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like like things like that would just make such a massive difference if young people could get planning for them. Yeah. And so many people just haven't a clue what the planning laws are. You know, so many people, we do a feed and we, we only do it kind of from time to time when we have a bit of spare time on our hands. And it's cheap Irish land. And the idea of it Brilliant. is that we're just looking at very, very cheap plots of land. And every single time I put up a post, people will go, oh, sure, I'll buy that. And I'll just put a cabin on it or I'll put pull a mobile home in. And to be fair, like a mobile home has wheels and it can be moved. so mm. That's one thing. But like they don't understand that you actually aren't allowed to just pull a cabin in or just mm. build a cabin on a piece of green land without getting planning permission. And Planners in Ireland don't look favorably on those little cabins, but yet they're an affordable way of getting a house. Like if it's 200,000 minimum to put a house on a plot of land. Right. Mm. So that's like a a block built house and it's maybe 25,000, 30,000 for someone to come in and put a cabin on it in three days. And all you have to do is have your foundations put on. Are you telling me that that would not solve something you know and we have all these arguments about how oh they don't suit the vernacular and they're not an indigenous building type in Ireland and you're like you're letting all the vernacular buildings go you're not even trying to save them so like I would rather see cabins honestly that people that young people could afford Mm. than monstrosities of like mock Georgian six-bedroom houses that don't really actually honor our legacy as irish people they're just kind of very colonial kind of buildings and i just it would be lovely to just see young people i mean get into houses i'm at stage now where i'm like do we do we start trailer parks is that what we're doing next this was is that what we're doing (laughs) this was exactly what i was
0: thinking like do do people come together as a community and get some land and then live? I mean, I don't want to say Trailer Park because Trailer Park has connotations to it. Like, you know, but I mean, <laughs> in the same breath, though, is that like, is that what we're coming to? in the sense But like, that- you wouldn't get planning for it. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing.
1: You wouldn't get planning. So like, it's like the people, the suits who are making these decisions, again, aren't creative enough. Mm. You know, they're not mm. necessarily um, forward thinking enough. You know, they're the same people that were making the decisions in the 90s, in mm. the late 80s. Mm. This is a very kind of a a kind of an old boys club for want of a better word and it's I mean I don't like being like very outspoken about stuff because I feel like I need to be positive about stuff and it is very much the positivity that gets people encouraged about it and gets people enthusiastic but at the same time seriously
0: there has to be i think i know i agree with it but there has to be some kind of leniency or revisiting of these planning laws yeah. just to see there has to be alternatives there surely there has to be alternatives yeah, within the yeah. community you know
1: i mean like there's a very big kind of a movement To protect Ireland's countryside and to make sure that we have like our greenfield areas are kept nice and we don't build these like unconnected separate houses in Mm. rural Ireland. And everyone needs to be ushered into villages and towns because that's the only place you can have a normal quality of life. And they're really missing out on the fact that like thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people live in rural Ireland, improper rural Ireland yeah. where you can't see your neighbour and you're you're like half an hour from the local Tesco and mm. it's totally OK. And like, we're not nuts to want to live out here, but also <laughs> no, but like I grew up like I agree, that. I, agree. I grew up yeah. like that. Like I, And even in Wexford, like Wexford when I grew up, I was born in 81. So I was quite young in the 80s. And I just remember it being very quiet and peaceful and we walked three miles to the shop if you needed anything between shopping day and the next shopping day you walked to the local shop and then mammy drove and got shopping once a week in gory which was half an hour away and Mm. that was literally your life and it wasn't the i think probably the ga club was three miles away so you had to drive to that to Mm. go to train to harlan or whatever and it's totally normal Mm. and moving all of us into a village or a town is not the solution like they're gonna have these beautiful farmland everywhere and everyone's gonna be homeless. Yeah. Nobody, you know, it's not it's not ideal to just move people into blocks of houses and towns either. Yeah. And That's it, kind of been done before
0: too, and it didn't really work that well, you know. I think they're called tenements. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I, I yeah. agree,
0: I agree. I think I think there needs to be a decentralisation of a lot. Um, particularly our 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 housing structures and and how we decide to live going forward, you know, rather than being kind of like you said, lumped into big solid urban areas or cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um I feel like you get to see these lovely snapshots of old Ireland when you walk into properties and you see oh, it's just how you see how people lived because their possessions are still there and I've been in plenty of those houses as well I find it absolutely fascinating I think it's really beautiful but it kind of makes me a little bit sad as well that you know it's a part of Ireland that's I don't want to say lost because I think people like you and there's many more people out there who are really interested in it and interested in restoring and saving these things was there any house that you walked into that you went that made you really sad by what you saw
1: (sighs) Well, that's a really
0: good question <laughs> These are so many not to bring it down or anything but no you know. it's not but it's
1: right it's it's heartbreaking mm. seeing the houses i think because i know and i suppose to a certain degree i'm kind of responsible for people coming in and then i mean i know the houses are already for sale so that's not me like i get yeah. that but like when i bring people into a house that has the little JFK picture still on the wall and it has like a little outshop bed and it has like a pillow and stuff still on it and the little curtain and the like the heart and it has the crane and and I am literally there going this is all going to be pulled out Mm. every bit this is going to be pulled out and I know like there's every chance a lot of the houses I go into that I could be the last person that sees it like that and that is and I, I have gone to houses and like we would do house tours for YouTube and I would go to houses myself that if I saw one and I just really loved it, I'd be like, I need to see this house in person. Mm. And I would just do a little house tour for everyone because I know they love them. And I would be in those houses with my husband and go, I can't leave. How many hours have we got left? I just can't leave because I, and I would, with tears in my eyes, even now thinking about it. Mm. Now, when I'm in work and I'm filming, I'm very, very professional. And I'm like, yes, we have to go. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, <laughs> <upside going>, oh <laughs> The amount of times I've wanted to save stuff out of them, but I know that the the best case scenario is that the stuff stays and that the person that buys the house has the stuff that the people who lived before built with their own hands and mm. like the vernacular furniture and stuff. It's built for the house. It should stay with it. It doesn't. It never bloody does. Mm. And this is what I get really kind of torn about because I will say to people, look, if someone comes in here and they buy this and they get, they m- are even whispering about gutting the place, this is my number. You have to yeah. ring me. Yeah. I don't care what time of the night it is. I will get into my Jeep and I will come. And I think people just think I'm cracked. <laughs> they think I'm cracked. But at the same time, like, I just know so many of the houses are, oh God, the thought of it. Like the little, little bedside lockers with like, there's like little whiskey bottle and then the holy statue and then mm. a little bu- Lucas A bottle
0: of holy water on it and, and then the Bible and it's just... Oh and Jesus. that's the thing. So what is it about it? it? Like I always think as well, I love all the, like, I suppose the religious paraphernalia that you find mm. in the older houses as well. Um, what is it about, about that that makes you emotional? Is it that it's a snapshot of somebody's life? Or is it more to do with, like... Can can you explain to me what makes you emotional about it? That's a good it? question. I don't know what it is.
1: Is it that it's kind of a snapshot of life in general in an older time in Ireland? Mm. You know, that maybe it kind of... You see, I see kind of a lot of the time, I suppose, history in Ireland is very much written, you know, from the point of view of like wars and you know, who ruled who and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And really, I find like a lot of focus is put on big landed estates in Ireland and stuff. And this is very much, oh, let's all go visit them. Let's all put the money into them. And I think walking into a house like that tells a lot more about our history than walking Mm. into a landed estate and looking at how the gentry lived when this is actually how like my great granny lived and your great granny lived. And this is it's just and, and a lot of the time it's like there's people in these houses when these houses have stuff left in them and it's still quite intact there's a very good chance that someone was living in that up until the last five years. Mm. And that is that's so heartbreaking because I've so many soft people going, I can't live in a house like that. And I'm like an 85 year old man was living in that on his own and surviving. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do this. You're too Mm. soft. Everyone's too soft (laughs) nowadays. So I don't know whether I'd say it's probably honestly a combination of them. It's a combination of seeing what our history was like back in the day and seeing how people lived because it's very much a very kind of a humble real history as mm. opposed to just Michael Collins did this and <laughs> this, yeah, this. I was, you know it's to, like day-to-day history yeah, yeah yeah which I quite like I'm very nostalgic in case you didn't know it's very I, I, sentimental I that. Yeah. <laughs> very sentimental I don't know where I get it from I honestly don't know what it is I know my granny was very like I had a granny on my on the Malloy side and she would like take stuff like where we would go down to her when we were younger and she had like just this pigsty, which was like a little outbuilding and she called it the pigsty, but it was like there was no pigs in it. Mm. And it was full of bags of clothes and things people had given her to give to people. And on any day when you were down there, a random person would come in and go, oh, What's her name needs this for a girl that's going off to college. or And granny was constantly, oh, I have that in a press. And you go into oh, her house and you'd go, brilliant. how does she know where anything is? And she was all of about four foot nothing and she'd be stuck in a press. <laughs> and that's what I grew up with. I grew up with Great. her being like nothing is wasted and people who yeah. need things need to be given stuff when they need it and it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go donate stuff to the Simmons at all. Mm. You can just give it to her and she will find a place for it mm. and I think I kind of, she would have probably made me very sentimental, I think, about stuff because she, we kind of all really had nothing grown up. Yeah,
0: yeah, And if yeah, it, it was the 80s in hard, Ireland. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And like I would have had, I remember growing up and I was one of them teenagers that like wore vintage clothes and stuff when no one else did and everyone thought I was really trendy and I was literally, I, I got my clothes out for a big it. She'd be like, oh, there's this bag of stuff. And you'd get like, I mean, basic roller T-shirts and stuff like that. And you, everyone was like, where do you get that
0: stuff? And you're like, yeah, it's just my granny's <laughs> shop. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's just funny. Yeah. yeah so I it's, think it was maybe horror a lot of the way. Maybe. It's probably it's, just in me. It's <laughs> lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely. I love that. Um, uh, and I suppose when you talk about like going into the old houses as well, do you ever get a sense of an energy of a house? So, like, I've been in plenty of houses where I've walked in and I've gone, ooh, yikes, this isn't feeling quite right to me. Or, ooh, this feels so lovely. It feels like there was a lot of love and a lot of laughter in this house. Do you get that sense as well when you walk into older houses that yeah. there's, like, it can be the one or the other? Yeah, no, 100%. I 100%
1: do. I've had, I obviously won't mention any names. <laughs> of places, but I've, I've even been in places filming where... I've been like, I need, we need to get out of here as quickly as we can. I just don't really you just wouldn't get a great feeling about it. Mm. And like, it's not a matter like I've been in places before where I like I wouldn't be able to breathe properly in it. And now I go in and out of these houses every day. Mm. I don't have trouble breathing. I don't have asthma or anything like that. And I know dust doesn't affect me like that. And I literally would go into a house and I would be like, I need to get out of here. I need mm. to get back outside. And it's just a kind of, I think it kind of manifests itself in different ways with you where it's like you could go into a hundred houses and it would never happen. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, like I've had places where even when I was buying this place here where I would have looked at a lot of houses, a lot of houses. And I've been in places even where people would have been like, oh, don't go in there because some guy lived there and he wasn't nice and mm-hmm. I would be totally fine. The place would be lovely. This place here. I remember coming here that first day and it just, my house is not a bright house. It's because it's it's an old farmhouse. So yeah. The windows aren't huge. And I remember the sun beaming into the house. And I remember just thinking this is the happiest, sunniest little house in the whole world. And even, you know, as people have come and they've kind of talked about the family that lived here, the family seemed quite stern and quite kind of, you know, utilitarian farmer family. who mm. Not necessarily this kind of rays of light kind of a situation, but just
0: for me, it was exactly the right place I think yeah yeah that's interesting as well And that comes into like like you said feeling it and what is right for you and what's not for you have you Mm. been in a situation where um we'll say there's been an energy in a house that hasn't been amazing but someone has gone ahead and bought it and you're like how do we clear that
1: how do we clear? no (laughs) no 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 No, because anytime I've ever had a kind of a weird feeling in a house like I wouldn't say it yeah but if they had a went to kind of move towards buying it I probably would have said it to them um, no I've never had anyone actually buy one I only think I'd be like I'd feel really guilty if I brought someone yeah. to a house like that you yeah, know Yeah, yeah. Um, no no I think honestly those kind of vibes are a bit universal too I think even if you don't believe in it mm. you will just kind of be like oh yeah I didn't really like that house yeah I didn't really like it and they don't realize that there's a reason they didn't like it because you're going well it has everything on your list you know yeah whereas I'd be getting the heebie-jeebies yeah <laughs> yeah know, yeah. You're
0: up, like. yeah Yeah, you walk outside you're freezing cold you're like oh my god and like it's 23 degrees outside and you're like I know but it's yeah. freezing yeah yeah. yeah. Um, or
1: something falls I notice when I'm in a house like if like the house is perfectly sound and everything's fine and like something falls off a shelf or something falls like just randomly I'm like right no one was at that like, we need to get out of here
0: right yeah <laughs> That's usually a sign they don't want you there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay, too. That's all right, too. Um, I suppose, okay, like uh, currently where we're at, there are whispers of a recession next mm-hmm. year because of everything that's kind of going on in the world. What are your thoughts on that? And is it a time where people should kind of press pause on buying? M- maybe they don't have... Maybe they have to buy this year for whatever reasons. But any 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 thoughts? Any final thoughts on on that? Those whispers coming in? Well, I mean, I suppose my my opinion on it only comes from living through a
1: recession already. Mm-hmm. And I found that when the recession hit, now I know obviously it was a very different setup last time because we had issues with banks and stuff. I mm-hmm. get that, right? Mm-hmm. But I find that when recessions hit and when everything downturns the banks decide they don't want to lend anymore. They don't. They kind of pull back. And that like enthusiasm for giving people money also stops. Mm. So that's always my worry. It's like also when I was leaving Wexford, people said to me when I was leaving, "Ah, you should just stay in Wexford, just wait it out. The property prices will drop. You'll be totally fine. You'll get somewhere mm. and they still haven't dropped. And I'm at 19 years since I left Wexford now wow. and they still haven't dropped. And I would still be renting or in my mother's spare room. And I think you have to just buy a house just even if there's like a, a recession that lasts a couple of months or a year a year or two. There other stuff happens like you, a recession happens then everything else kicks in and people it becomes kind of everyone's more frugal and banks mm. don't want to lend as much and there's like austerity measures and you don't want that either you, yeah. you you can't be that puts you in a very weak position to be someone trying to get a mortgage at that stage mm. like the ideal situation is that you go into a recession with the money to buy a house yeah cash cash is when, when king. the houses drop yeah that's the ideal situation but what people tend to do is they look at like a little bit of that scenario like oh when a recession comes we'll be fine and they don't realize that you also need to be able to get a house at that stage mm. you have to be in a position to buy and at the moment you're getting what maybe mortgage approval that lasts for three months used to be maybe six months is get that it. all it is three yeah months? so like you're they're getting you back in very quickly and they can change mm. the numbers at any time they want so that would worry me Mm-hmm. I think if you have the money to buy now, like house prices, housing is always a great investment. There's only a certain amount of it, it's only a certain amount of land out there. Yep. Just if you can get on the property ladder now and you get on it in a kind of a fairly frugal way, so you're not going building a six bedroom McMansion, <laughs> <out of> nowhere, <laughs> then look, right, great. Get yourself on the property ladder in a fairly frugal way don't go and borrow to the absolute hilt of anything you c- you and your partner can get mm. and then complain because there's a recession in a year's time and you can't pay your mortgage like that's Mm. I think you just have to have a bit of of cop off you know but also by if you have the approval don't just assume it's going to be there in a year yeah and don't just assume something else isn't going to change because I would have been I would have been ruined if I had done that like I'm just speaking from my own experience if I had listened to the tire kickers that told me to wait I still wouldn't have a house Mm. that's kind of would be really the only place i can speak from you know mm.
0: interesting okay so we're going to tie this up with what i call the live wild pop quiz it's it's key so uh hang on where did i put it there it is okay this is a quick fire round uh what is your favorite cheap irish house and why probably mine <laughs> Can I say
1: mine? Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally mine.
1: 100% because it just, you know, I kind of didn't think at the time when I got it that it really, there was a reason for me getting it other than I needed shelter. And looking at the way my career and everything has turned out from it, it literally, my whole life got set up wow. based on this house. So I think
0: 100% oh, mine. <laughs> yay! Sending lots of love to the house. Yeah. Um, I, We kind of answered this, but we're going to go again. Do you believe that old houses hold an energy within them? 100% houses yards sheds if you even step foot in a
1: garden and you don't get a good feeling you need to walk away straight wow. away 100% good
0: good good okay what do you stand for <sighs> probably just like I'm not like
1: sustainable in that like I'm like go green I'm not like that I don't like hang my hat on a foot I obviously I totally agree with it but it's just I'm not like an eco warrior mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't like waste. This is a huge thing for me. I do mm-hmm. not like waste. I was raised that way. And I feel like it down to just like, if you need something for your house before you buy something brand new out of a brand new shop, go and see, is there even a vintage alternative that you can get that's built, made better, mm. that will last longer? I just, I hate waste. It comes into every part of my life that I just, with everything, whether it's money, whether it's like buying things for myself, I don't buy anything, (laughs) Disaster. But um, I just think, just don't be wasteful. I just think you can do, if you do that in every part of your life, Mm. you don't need to drive an electric car. You Mm -hmm. don't need to have underfloor heating and you know, an air to water system. You'll make such a difference if you just stop being wasteful.
0: Done deal was my best friend for about 10 years. (sighs) done deal yeah. charity <laughs> shops and sales mm. I never buy anything for full price never god no no, no couldn't no, no. <laughs> and that's not being tight or anything it's just like you don't have it to it isn't though it totally isn't I don't think it, it
1: is 100% isn't no yeah. it isn't
0: and people see
1: it like that they do they genuinely do they yeah. kind of go oh you're a bit stingy you know and you you're like, like well I'm not though like I, my, <laughs> I like my nice stuff but yeah. also if I can get like a glass juicer like you know the ones where you go like that like the little glass juice if i can get one of them for 20p in a st vincent nepal shop and you're charging me five euro for one in tesco i will go to and get it in the st vincent nepal shop every time you know there's not even
0: it's and they're the same they're actually probably made better yeah exactly and it eliminates the waste but also i think like with the money that you technically might save on that kind of stuff i'm like share the wealth i'm like let's have a party and like like Mm invite people over and feed them or whatever you know that's kind of the whole thing so I don't see it as being like tight because I'm like no I want to share everything with people you yeah know? yeah that's yeah. just my thing um I like it it's a good way to be though thanks a good way be. um if you were to distill yourself down to an essence what would be your essence oh god <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do not even know what I would answer to that that catches everybody actually it does yeah I don't know I don't know. I hope like that when I leave people that, you know, everyone has a kind of a sense of positivity and a bit of light and a bit of hope. And I kind of hope that that like, you know, I try not to be negative about stuff. You don't get through life if you're like that. And I think I just hope that that's kind of what maybe I leave people with, which I would I would really
0: like. Lovely yeah well that's the sense I get from you anyway so <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the wildest thing you've ever done seeing as we are on the Live Wild podcast like I don't want to be boring and say moving into a derelict
1: house at 23 that had uh, no front door no that's kind of wild though <laughs> <laughs> other than that um, I spent a week on the Shannon last week in a boat <gasps> Awesome. And that was wild. Oh, I can't cool. swim. And it was hilarious. And I mean, I was telling my friends, they were like, Where are you going on your holiday? And I'm like, I'm going on a cruise. And they were like, Oh, Maggie, Maggie. And they were like, Where'd you go? And I was like, Ross Common. they were like, only Maggie could go to Ross Common on a cruise. Amazing. <laughs> oh, it was epic. It was epic. But it was like, because I don't swim. It was a big big outside my comfort zone kind of a thing um and I went with people who were very confident but I wasn't and I feel like like that was a, that was a big thing for me I was really proud of, oh I loved it
0: was it's supposed and to, to be also beautiful. My house. <laughs> yeah that and your house 100% yeah um what's the one thing you do every day that helps you live wild and free
1: do you know I think probably just like going out into the front garden in the mornings like my my front yard the, the lawn comes right up to my front step and I think just going out in the morning having a cup of tea in my bare feet yeah. and just being able to put my toes in the grass I'm a big one for bare feet at home Me too. you know <laughs> I have like a cement path going along the side of the house but it was there when the house was built like it's so old mm. and the softness and the wornness of it you can just walk it in your bare feet and even the clay in my yard it's just been there so long that you just it's just so smooth. And I just that to me is heaven. Bare feet front
0: yard in the morning. Oh, it's not just the nicest thing. Gorgeous, (laughs) gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I do the same thing. I step outside in the bare feet and just be like.
1: (sighs) Birds singing.
0: It's Yeah, it's beautiful. It's so simple, so simple. (laughs) It has been an absolute joy to speak to you today. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. I hope it really helps people who are on the property path. Um, and obviously you're going to find much more within the TV series and YouTube and we'll put all the links up um, (laughs) on this so thank you very much for your chat today no problem at all it was great fun (laughs) it was good (laughs) it was yeah